Louise McSharry on 2FM. This week, writer Megan Nolan's much-talked-about debut novel was released in much excitement. Acts of Desperation tells the story of a toxic relationship from the perspective of a young woman living in Dublin and has been called an obliterating work of art. Megan Nolan joins me now. Megan, uh, what's it like to have your novel called an obliterating work of art? <laughs> Highly embarrassing. Uh, no, it's amazing, obviously. Was it, what, who, who said that? Is that not just my agent saying that? <laughs> Is it, well, I, who cares? I mean, someone's saying it. That's all that matters as far as I'm concerned. Um, how, how has it been? What's it like to have your novel out in the world? Oh, it's such, I, I, I've just had the best day today because it's been quite a mad few weeks. I'm obviously, I've, I've never done interviews before and stuff. So like doing all that press stuff and trying to write all the um, articles I've been writing for the, for the, you know, surrounding uh, publication stuff. It's been a lot for the last few weeks. So today it was just wonderful to wake up and have it out and all done. Yeah. And Cause you've been working, you worked on that book for a long time, didn't you? Yeah. So it was about three years in the writing and then there's another full year after that of editing and just back and forth between me and the publishers and obviously you know COVID happened and uh so yeah it's been a long time coming yeah I always think I think people don't understand how long the process from you know concept or even the writing of the book to the actual publication it's such a long stretch it's kind of hard to wait isn't it totally yeah I think because it had taken me so long to write it because it was a you know a good three years doing that alone when we sold it and then they said oh it'll be another year and a half till it comes out it felt a bit nuts you know that it was going to take so long but it was really worth it because they edited it so wonderfully so it was it was all all, all for the good in the end yeah because I think a lot of people will be familiar with your writing because obviously you've been writing essays um for a long time um and I think you had built up quite a fan base just from your your kind of essay writing and um, before you hit fiction so were you nervous about this book getting out to people who were familiar with your writing already or did you feel like it would kind of work well for those people um to be honest like most of my reputation as a writer only came while I was already writing the, the book mm. because it, because as a, you know as we said it was right. about three years so I think I only started really properly freelancing in journalism in 2017 so I was already into the book at that stage so it wasn't I didn't really have any like readers in mind when I was writing it I think if I if I did it would be a lot harder to write it you know if you're thinking about your dad or your granny's gonna read it or whoever <laughs> <laughs> then you wouldn't get anything out or I wouldn't anyway um so yeah I, I kind of I kind of shelved all those concerns until pretty recently until last week <laughs> Well, I think that's good because, I mean, especially given the subject of this novel, it's, you wouldn't want to be thinking about your granny or your dad really while you're writing it. Because as yeah. I said in the introduction, it is about a toxic relationship. Um, maybe you can tell people who haven't heard about it and um, the gist. Yeah, so the story is, is basically a, a relationship, a very unhealthy, toxic relationship between the narrator who's unnamed and is a young woman in her 20s in Dublin and uh, the object of her sort of obsession is this man called Kieran, who's a very beautiful, magnetic sort of character, but is very cold, very remote, uh, not forthcoming with affection. And his sort of withholding of that affection only increases her need to have him love her. And the relationship sort of progresses with that as the dynamic and spirals into mutual self-destruction then. Um, it's funny because you say, you know, he's this beautiful man, but when as a reader reading it, you, you hear that she believes he's beautiful, but he yeah. doesn't seem beautiful at all. Like no. nothing in the actual written words make you can help you to understand where she's coming no. from. 
No, I think that was important to me that, that you know, he's obviously not objectively a good or attractive person by, yeah. by anyone else's standards. She just happens to fall in love with him. I think, I, you know, I wanted to show how irrational you can be when you do fall in love with someone. Mm. And I, I've been talking to friends about the book because a few of my friends got to read um, proofs uh, yeah. early and it's been really interesting to hear people's responses because I have heard people saying, this girl is psychotic. Like, how could anyone yeah. possibly do this? How could you be so obsessed with someone who is so clearly horrible? And then I have friends who are like, I, I totally relate. And there's actually loads of her behavior that I relate to. Um, and yeah. that dichotomy is really interesting. Have you experienced that? Totally. I mean, even um, when we were when we were putting the book out for submission, there was an editor who wrote it, who just said, like, it's not believable, you know, like nobody would behave this way. And I thought, well, I behave that way. You know, it's an, it's an exaggerated version, but it's reality. You know, like a lot of people behave totally irrationally when they are in love. And and I've seen it in myself and, and in friends that you have these dynamics with men who are totally not worth it. And everyone knows that except for you, but you'll sacrifice everything to be with them. So, yeah, there's people who have said, you know, and, and again, because it's a novel, it's dramatized, it's exaggerated, but... A lot of people have said they've recognized behaviors in themselves, especially from from their earlier 20s when when you don't have maybe such a solid sense of identity Mm. that you you can kind of transfer a lot of that aimless longing onto one person and make it your whole life. Mm. I've been reading um, interviews with you. I hate when people say that to me because it makes me feel really (laughs) self-conscious. But I've been reading interviews with you over the last few weeks. And one thing I thought was interesting is you talked a lot about how you're from Waterford. You came to Dublin to go to college in Trinity. You didn't get the course you wanted, but you wanted to go to Trinity, um, which uh, was exactly my college experience. I didn't get the course that I wanted, but I wanted to go to UCD. Uh, Please, I I, I don't know why. Um, No (laughs) offense, UCDers, but it was not the place for me. um, and then I dropped out because it, it, I shouldn't have been there. I wasn't doing the right course. It wasn't the right the right place or time. But you've spoken about having that experience in Trinity and then feeling kind of a bit lost after that. Um, and and yeah. it sounds like you have an interesting relationship with Dublin as a result of that. Yeah, I think a lot of because because I loved Dublin even before before I'd moved there. You know, I'd spent obviously Ireland is small. You know, like Waterford's only two and a half hours away. So I'd been I had been spending quite a lot of time in Dublin as a teenager anyway. And I just loved it. And I thought, you know, this is a place for me and Trinity is the place for me. And so when that didn't work out, I just felt so let down by myself, but also by Dublin, even though that's totally irrational. But because it didn't work out, I felt, you know, I've failed in this place and I've had this bad association with Dublin and Trinity as a result. Mm -hmm. And it's only quite recently that I've sort of stopped feeling like that and I can enjoy being in Dublin again. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you're in London now, so it's been quite some time since you've been home to Waterford or uh, home to Dublin, if you feel like that's any kind of home. Um, How has that been for you this this last 12 months? It was sort of fine until like Christmas time and then obviously not going home for Christmas, my first Christmas not being with my parents. And then I think also just, you know, the year was sort of pointing towards this culmination point of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And when that had passed... And I still wasn't able to go home or, or do anything. I, I sort of got a bit lost. The last few months have been really hard and I've just missed my family a lot. Yeah, because you're, you're it comes across that you're quite close with your, with your family. Yeah, yeah. I'm very close to my parents and my brothers, yeah. So, like, do you have anything that you're kind of looking forward to? Do you feel like there's any light at the end of the tunnel in that regard? Oh, yeah, I actually feel a lot better the last few weeks. I think just because they've, they've like, put, you know, put the roadmap thing out here. So at least... 
you know, at the very least in four weeks, I can be outside with six of my friends. So yeah. at least I have that in my head now. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I am hoping, I, mean, I don't know if it's realistic or not, but I do hope I can get home to, to Ireland in the summer, maybe late summer, I think, uh, you know, hopefully. And what do you think going home will be like after this book being out? Because <laughs> there's been such a buzz about it. So clearly everyone in Waterford is going to read it. <laughs> So well. Yeah, honestly, everyone, literally everyone I know in Waterford has one. It's amazing. So um, how is that going to feel? Are you going to be self-conscious, do you think? Um, I was feeling a bit self-conscious until until like people in Waterford started responding, as in like messaging me about it in the mm. last few days, having read it already. And now I feel better because okay. I was thinking, you know, people that I don't know very intimately or like um, family members who I'd only see once a year reading it, obviously, because it's such an intense book. I was feeling a bit self-conscious, but now that they've started responding and saying nice things, I feel I feel comforted by that now. But yeah, I think it'll be a bit intense anyway. Um, I need to ask you some annoying questions about being a woman, Megan, and I'm sorry about yeah. this, but uh, it's essential. Um, I saw that someone recently wrote something about how you were kind of another Irish woman writing about relationships. Mm. Um, and I just thought, I think you made the point on your Instagram, you were like, relationships? <laughs> like Every book is about relationships. And I was yeah. interested to hear from you if there were any of those kind of, um, I don't know, just silly things that you've come up against that you feel like are are particular to a female experience of releasing a book over the last number of yeah, weeks. I mean, exactly what you've just said really is, is you know, if you, if, you, if you say some things about relationships, so so is like Jonathan Franzen's novel, you know, like mm. if it, it might be a family relationship or a romantic relationship, but more or less all mainstream literary fiction involves relationships. So I think that to single out young women and say, oh, here we go, another young woman writing about her boyfriend is obviously very dismissive to me and 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 it's just uh it doesn't bear out in reality because of course romantic relationships are interesting people it's it's most people's primary relationship for a lot of their 20s at least Mm. so you know it's something that we all think about and 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 live with all the time so it's it's not an irrelevant topic and it shouldn't be trivialized like that i think and are you sick of being compared to sally rooney and nisha dolan no, I, I, I honestly, like, I mean, people think I'm going to go mad when they say those names, and <laughs> you know, like I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm very similar to them as writers. Like my style is a lot more; they're much more composed. Both of them, in different ways, are much more composed and uh, measured writers than than my style is. You know, like my style in Acts of Desperation is quite raw. It's quite mm. open and vulnerable in a way that theirs isn't, and it's much more. Um, first person icky than, than theirs. <laughs> you know it's like a bit a bit more uh it's just like less well I don't know if you call it less literary but it's um definitely it's less yeah it's different yeah. but no I don't mind it I mean like they're both incredible writers so like that why would I be offended by being in the same sentence as them you know mm. I suppose it's interesting that they've kind of the wider world that kind of observes and writes about literature have decided that there is this movement happening and it's just that people are paying attention I think more maybe than they were before and I think if you're an Irish person you're just like well yeah another Irish person has a book out that's very normal it's not it's not not staggering that there's three good books by Irish women yeah we are kind of known for storytelling um don't know if you've heard (laughs) um I want to ask you about something Megan and you don't have to answer this because it's not something Irish people are great about talking about but um I want to ask you a little bit about money 
journey because I know that when you were writing this book, um, you lost a laptop that had, you know, a huge chunk of it on it. And I can't imagine how devastating that was. And people raised money in order to get you another laptop so that you could finish your book. And then recently you kind of paid that forward, um, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. So has your life changed significantly as a result of kind of the success of this book? And What has that been like? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was okay in in the year before I sold the book I had just gotten uh, my column which was the first sort of um, time that I had a regular wage within journalism so before that I was really struggling by the time I got to sell the book I had been you know more stable Hmm. but I still was struggling and I I was you know but much below London living wage for instance I was making not very much money at all Um, so when we sold the book it you know it changed everything for me financially and in terms of my lifestyle because I was actually planning to move away from London because I was living in these quite big house shares with, you know, five, six people. And I'd gotten to the end of my tether with that. And because I knew I wanted to live on my own, but I knew I couldn't do that in London financially, I was planning to move away. And then when I sold the book, it meant that I can now live in London in the circumstance that I want to, which is on my own. I, you know, I'm still renting. I haven't, I'm, I'm not a millionaire at all, but like, <laughs> no, I, I can I can I can afford to rent on my own in London now, which is the main change for me. And presumably that means you can afford to write as well in the way that you okay, want yes. to. Because it was a two book deal, you know, they've given me that money to write the next book full time. So it'll be it's it's already a totally different experience than it was trying to fit active desperation in in my spare time and finding, you know, bits and pieces of time to take away with it. Whereas now I can treat it as my job fully for a year. Is that and I'm sorry for the cliche, but is that a dream come true? Absolutely. Yeah. It's all I've ever wanted to do. It's it really, I, you know, it, the last couple of years have been, I would, I never, ever thought it would happen to me. And it's amazing. Well, I am so happy for you, Megan Nolan. Congratulations on the release of Acts of Desperation. It is so nice to talk to you. Best of luck. You. you too. Bye. Louise McSherry on 2FM.